Welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. Welcome, Mr. Gaspar Flores. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It is so great to hang out with you today. You know what I'm doing? Let's I'm ignoring this side. <laughs> I'm ignoring this side. Introducing myself <laughs> as the main host and most popular host of Market Overdrive. My name is Nick Mamedia Vialone, and I'm going to introduce our guest since Carla Mina doesn't know how to do it the right way. Wait, how are you the most, what did you say? The most popular? This self-proclaimed entitlement. You, you got to understand how that works. That's Carla, so you do it all the time. And now announcing our special guest, yes, also known as one of the greatest agents on the South Side, but more importantly, South recently South. appointed the president of NAREP. From Chicago, Gaspar oh, Flores. Horrible in my ear, but okay. Sounded great. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Nick and Graco and Carla for having me here this morning. It's it's great to be here. Now, Hola, we'll... Gaspar. ¿Qué tal? Vamos Hello. a hacer todo esto en español. Really? <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> such a hater. For all our English listeners out there. Just because we're all WG doesn't mean people don't I'm, speak Spanish, a... you know? <laughs> We know a lot about you, but tell us a little bit about yourself because I know you got a heck of a resume. You've got a bloodline of real estate in you, and um, tell everybody listening today why we have such a special guest and what the credentials are for you. Thank you so much. Um, well, I've been practicing real estate uh, for the past seven years, and my parents have been practicing real estate for the last twenty six years. Wow! Um, so I'm a second generation Chicago realtor. Uh, this is something that I feel I was kind of born into and something that I've I've grown with more more than anything through my childhood and now and into now. <laughs> I love it. That's great. See we have something in common. Nobody has anything We're in common. We're second generation with you. kids. My parents are realtors too. Did you ever awesome. listen to anything your parents up, did or say? He's been brought up through the bloodlines. That's why me and Gaspar are a lot better than what we do than you. And he's, <laughs> and his parents We've are been Hall of Fame Hall of Fame agents as your parents are. They so that's pretty cool. It's like we're related. We're brothers. We're same. Yes. We're same. We didn't yes. even get a chance to introduce the other guy. You want to yeah. introduce the other guy? Who's Everybody. the other guy? Who's the other guy? Go ahead. Hi, Graco. I never get introduced, man. Can that's you because that? you don't need to be introduced because he actually does have a fan club. I Everybody fan always club. texts us, when is Graco going to come back on the show? They do hey, that. Everybody? They do that. Awesome. <laughs> everybody. He's looking at me like, yeah, right. But enough yeah, about yeah, you, Graco. Right. Let's get to the point as to why we all showed up today. And that's yes. obviously because we are Market Overdrive and we're here to elevate your real estate IQ. And of course, we sequester Chicago's finest. And not just Chicago's finest, but you know, you know, like you said, you were coached by your parents. You were born into this business. And real estate is very intricate. And so today we're going to talk about something that does you know, overwhelm people. Especially first-time buyers, because they never think they can do it themselves. They think this is more for someone who's like a more tenured investor. But today, we're going to talk about how to build wealth through real estate. So, Gaspar, why don't you take it away and you know give us a little bit about your point of view on this topic? Awesome. I think it's a phenomenal way to start uh, building your portfolio through real estate. Um, it's it's always a good start, especially if you start with a two to four unit building. Uh, a lot of times you can acquire one of them with a uh, minimum down payment if it's in pretty decent shape and it can uh, help pay itself off and get you uh, started in, in your real estate portfolio. And it's, uh, it's, it's a good way to start building more than anything. Let's, let's back that up for a second. When you say start and minimum down, down payment on a two to four unit, um, let, you're saying that under the assumption you don't own any home at this point. Correct. You're renting or living with family or whatever the case is, and you're saying that um, one thing versus, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but instead of buying a single family home first, you're saying that one option is to just start with a multi-unit and live in it 
Because you can put down very little money. Correct. Three and a half percent. Correct. I have a, a very dear family to me that started, uh, they, they started shopping around when they were in their early 20s. They were a young couple, uh, recently married, and they went and bought a three-unit building in Humble Park, and they bought it with minimal down payment. They were able to acquire a fully renovated building, and uh, they lived in one of the units and rented out the other two and helped pay off the building. Uh, when their family started growing, they ended up having a couple kids. Uh, they decided to move, make a move closer to family um, in the Oak Lawn area. They ended up buying a beautiful four-bedroom single-family home right there, and it just helped uh, start creating a portfolio for them. I think if anybody's thinking, you know, in the next five, ten years, I see myself owning more than just one piece of property, right. I think it's an excellent way to start with a two- to four-unit first. And I think everybody read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, right? And But some people just can't wrap their brain around it. So the concept is passive versus active investment. So the passive investment is one which you're going to occupy and you're going to pay you know, your mortgage on. So if you're buying a single family house, you're going to be paying down that mortgage, but no one's there to help you. That's coming out of your pocket. That's a very passive uh, investment. But if you do something that's active, like a two flat, where you live on one level and you rent the basement and second floor, and in some cases the attic, you, you're getting that residual income that not only is going to subsidize the mortgage payment, but it's also going to build equity over time, and you're living there practically for free. So why does this scare so many first-time buyers, Grocco? Because the what happens with when you own a multi-unit, there might be issues where you have to play landlord. Right. You might have to repair a busted uh, pipe. You might have to do some electrical work. But the idea is that exactly what you just said. You're going to live in one of these units that is going to help, uh, you're going to receive rents that is going to help subsidize that monthly mortgage payment. So in essence, you are living for free. There have been even situations where you might have a garden unit that you can also rent out and have an additional income. So as time passes, the family grows bigger. Now you can take those proceeds, so to speak, that profit in rent, and utilize that to cover the mortgage on the new property that you're looking to buy down the road. But most people, you know, when I, was, when I bought my first property, I bought a two-flat. Me too. And I, and I had that mindset. So did Nick, right? Right. And the idea for me was, wait a minute, if the first floor pays the mortgage, I'm done. The rest is profit. And after three to four years, I had acquired enough equity that I could sell that property and enough rent rows that I can go reinvest that in a different property. Um, and that's how I started building my portfolio. But if you are a first-time buyer, this is an option that you should consider. Right. Buying a multi-unit is going to help you cover a mortgage on a monthly basis because of the rent you receive at the same time reap the benefit of appreciation and value on that property. So I wouldn't say worry about being a landlord because the pros outweigh the cons in the long run. And if you are spending 1500 to $2,000 a year in maintenance or upkeep of a property, it's still worth it's totally it's worth totally it. It's totally worth it. So I guess, um, can we go across the room? How old were you when you first bought your first investment property, Graco? Uh, 22. 22. And I know, Nick, you're kind of different because you were born into the 21. business. So 20 or 21. But your family kind of built that into your head, right? Kind of instructed yeah, you and was, said, why not? Yeah, I wasn't allowed to move out. You weren't allowed. <laughs> He's still so, not allowed to move out. I'm still not allowed to move out. I'm 42 <laughs> years old. I'm still not allowed to move out. Can we, yeah, I lost that. Ma- well, let's not get Mama to Mama Medi gets all, gets all crazy if I leave. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it was... Uh, and I wanted to touch on something real quick. You said you bought a two unit. I bought a two unit, and maybe we're we're probably we're biased because that's our first love, if you will. It was that property, but um, you know, I 
a four unit, I've seen some clients, which I think is a really ballsy move, and I, and I, I appreciate the effort. They start with a four unit. You, know, you got to remember, this is a lot of responsibility. There's three other families living in the property that you are living in. So everyone wants to shoot for the stars, and that's great if you can do it, but it's being a landlord is not easy. We're, we're making it sound very easy. Right. But it's not, well, I'm and, not, and you have to understand, because two you didn't, was pretty easy I'm not trying to say it's easy. I'm just saying that you were very young when you did it, so you took I that was, you know, kind of risk to do that. I was, and, and but I'll tell you, I remember that. Even that two unit, it gave me, I had issues at times. I was frustrated. I wanted to give up. I had, you know, no pain, no gain. It was great when I sold it, mm-hmm. and it was nice when I had both units rented, and I was making enough money extra to pay my lease payment on my car. It was, it was awesome. I thought I was a genius. You know, yeah. why doesn't everybody do this? But the reality <laughs> is, is when I had one tenant to stop paying rent and I had to go in the court. I'm all of 20 years old. The judge looks at me and said, who are you? I'm like, I'm the landlord. And he just kind of looked at me like, OK, this kid's 16 years old. He's a freaking landlord. You know, and it was frustrating because I didn't get a payment for six months. She exhausted the system on me. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And now you want to go into four. Yeah. So it, elaborate on it, a little bit of the, you know, it gets a little bit difficult. And that's what I what I was mentioning as far as the condition of the property, um, because a lot of times the issues do start popping up. And when you're dealing with older buildings that some of the bigger big ticket items are, are going to fall on you. Um, one of the things that I don't I don't see as often that it should be seen. Um, if you're thinking about investing in a two to four unit, talk to your tax professional. And has so much. Uh, they they they're the ones that set up your your taxes, and that's how you guys are able to come up with their loan package. Now, if they're trying to get you the most money on your tax return, it might kill your buying power that you have, or in one way or another, not not shape out to for it to be the goal that you ultimately saw. Right. Um, I really truly believe that if you speak with your tax professional and set up your two two to five year plan with them, right. they'll be able to kind of help you out a little bit better on setting up financially what would be the best uh, options more or less for you. But I do I do agree with you. I, I know that a three and a four unit- It's a lot of work. It, it's, a, it's a job. It's another job. Right. So if um, even with a two unit, it could be another job. So yeah. I think everybody should take that into, into consideration. It is a little bit more hours out of your day, a little bit more of a- a little bit more of you that has to go into this, but um, the the payoff in the long run it it, it generally always pays off. It's easier too when you live in the building. So oh, yeah. you're living in the building as an owner. Yeah, except for when it's two a.m. and someone comes, knocks on your door, and says the pipe just busted. <laughs> then it's not so easy. Well, that's not scary, buddy, well, right? Because the topic right. of the show is to how to build wealth. We're not with... scaring them. We're just telling them, you know. Well, it's the truth. Things I, can I happen. understand it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, but okay, for me, my experience, my first investment property or my first you know, world or, you know, touch with real estate was buying a two flat as well. So straight out of college, graduated, I was working at Leo Burnett and I was seriously making $30,000 in income. That's what a Leo Burnett, you How'd know. How'd you get for, that long? One month. <laughs> <laughs> so a long time ago, so, but it was a hundred. Was, was that it an was, annual income? It was, a, yes. It was, <laughs> that's what you graduate at that time, right? And the first thing I did was like, okay, how am I going to make additional income? Because yeah. one of my biggest thing is, and pet peeves is never to follow that, never chase that paycheck. Yeah. So you always want to have a plan A, B, and C. If you're not making enough money in this 
in in my job? Where else can I make additional money? And Nick, you always say that too. Every day you wake up and think, how else can I make money? Right? That's kind of a concept. Well, that's as not an the first thing I think about, but okay. that's the second thing I think about. Let's focus. <laughs> anyway, so but I think that's encouraging, right? Because I was young and I'm like, it's a risk, yes, and it's fearful because I didn't know how to be a landlord. Right. But the first thing I did was I bought a two flat and it was in the south side of Chicago, a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, and I went to Section 8, C-H-A-C, right? Or what is it called? Section C-H-A eight. now? Mm-hmm. So Section 8, I went and they did, they have the landlord um, training. So they teach you how to be a landlord. So I went to those classes. I educated myself. And then what does Section 8 do? Automatically, at the first of the month, they give you a paycheck for your rent. At that time, I was collecting twelve fifty per floor. So think about that. twelve fifty. Straight out of college, I was 21 years old. I'm still living at my mom's place, but I'm still g- collecting residual income. I didn't occupy that property, but I became well versed in the aspect of being a landlord and how to manage and build relationships with my tenants. So if I could do it, and I'm five seven, anybody could do it. <laughs> She's five three. She's I'm not zero. even five three. That's with heels on. Why don't you tell us what we're listening to? But uh, about that time. you're listening to Market Overdrive. Please make sure you follow us on um, Facebook. Thank you for following us Facebook Live and also YouTube. Subscribe. You're listening to a lot of madness from a five foot nothing person over five here. Seven. We're here to talk about investment properties, how to buy them, and how to get started and earn some cash flow. Um, I want to tell a, a cool story that I, I do remember. Um, you, you started to say, map out your plan, talk to an accountant. And I specifically um, remember one client in particular who started with a four unit, which God bless you. That's, it's a, it's a nice Some. start. It's a good start. You're yeah. aggressive. Um, put down three and a half percent because the FHA four unit has been around forever. Yep. You know? And then he, uh, about 18 months later, he bought a three unit. <laughs> put down three and a half percent because... He's going down. He wanted to go someplace that was a little bit... The, 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 each unit was a lot larger than what he was living in, so it made sense why he wanted to move out and move into a three-unit. Because he's owner-occupying, he could actually go and buy another one with 3.5% down. Left the four-unit behind. Um, probably a little bit over a year, couldn't even remember, but he decides he wants to buy a two-unit. But now the two-unit had a good reason. He wanted to be closer to work. He always had a great story, which I can give the guy a lot of credit. I mean, granted, I was his loan officer, too, so he always had a great story. But he bought a two-unit, 3.5% down again. And at the end, you know, a few years down the road, he ended up with his single family. As we all said, kids came into play. Family moved in. Uh, he had some parents from uh, overseas. They moved in the whole nine yards. So now here you sit back, and you look at a total combined Nine, not including nine, nine units, under, not including the house that he's living in. Under ten percent down. Under five percent down across the board. Yeah. Because every time he was allowed to go three and a half. You know what? I want to take this back. I think I did it was in two thousand four. I think he did no money down on a two unit. Oh wow. Zero. You know. So it, back then it was a lot easier for us to do those loans. All he had to do was provide leases of each unit that was out there and that was approvable in an underwriting scenario. For those listening today, you got to keep a heads up. You mentioned talk to an accountant. It is so important to have an accountant that is on the same page with you. A lot of people are overzealous landlords and they want to be uh, greedy with tax repercussions and they're basically uh, sitting there, yeah, I have a four unit, but half of it was empty the whole year and they really did collect (laughs) rent rolls. I highly advise everybody not to do that if you plan on buying another one down the road. Well, let's back yes. up a little bit, too. The reason we're mentioning talk to an accountant is because when you're a landlord and this is an investment, that's a, your own business. 
pretty much, right? Correct. So when you speak to an accountant, an accountant's going to tell you where you can have tax savings. So exactly. if you repair a window, if you repair, upgrade something, that's always going to be an expense. So you can deduct that. So you're running it like a business. And that's why right. we advise you to talk to an but, accountant. You know, accountants are like any other person out there. Some do their job by the book. Some are overzealous. Some are shady. I don't know which account you have. Well, I'm just telling you as a consumer, make sure that you're declaring your rent. Yeah. Because if you're looking to buy the next one, you're going to have a problem. Yep. If the plan is you're listening to the show today because you want to know how to, Gaspar is going to teach us how to pyramid down and buy multiple investment properties. You don't want to be in a situation where you got greedy just to save a couple bucks and now you can't get financed on the next one. It might just slow down your everything's your plans done for another year until your taxes get redone the next time around. It it, it just slows down the whole process, and I, and I think uh, you're you're absolutely right. It, um, honesty is the best policy when it really comes down to this because uh, any way on how an accountant shapes out your finances is gonna either affect your buying power or give you more buying power. And generally, you're gonna have more buying power if you are claiming runs if the building is serviceable. And uh, on how you mentioned, Carla, if it's an income property, you can deduct uh, the repairs that go into it in contrast to a single family house where you're not going to be able to. So it it is kind of give and take on that one. Awesome. So you're listening to Market Overdrive. We are live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. WGN, WGN Plus. And of course, you can find us on Facebook Live and all the other outlets. What are they, Nick? Twitter, Instagram. (laughs) Twitter. Our website's going to be streaming this live soon, marketoverdrive.com. You can go straight to there. Love and it, most wait. importantly, we are part of the WGN Network. What did I say this stood for again? Why goes, I don't know. Well, We Good Now. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we're going to stick with that. But you can find us on the We Good Now Network uh, or go to the WGN Podcast. And, you know, obviously, if you have an iPhone or a Droid or whatever, we're on iTunes. Um, so go ahead and subscribe to our podcast as well. With us this morning is Mr. Gaspar Flores, who's here to tell us how to build wealth over time. Um, I love the fact that you guys are saying align yourself with an expert, right? And we say that all the time on Market Overdrive. This time we're saying we recommend that you talk to an accountant and, of course, a financial planner. Um, but if you don't want to speak to a financial planner or an accountant, you want to start with your realtor. Yay! Bring it back home. <laughs> Actually, your loan officer. Well, but We're always going to have this fight. Just get used to it, guys. It's the realtor because the realtor is going to tell you or is going to advise you as to your risk assessment, whether you should go into single family or a two flat or maybe a four this is an flat. investment show, though. Oh, well, what do you what? think realtors do? Okay, we so. show properties that would identify the best asset or investment opportunity for our clients. What right, Gaspar? What do you do before you write the contract? <laughs> what do you do before you write a contract? We find out what is the how much you, you money call, they can afford. You call the loan officer, right? right. But we're not going to call a loan officer until we decide what we're going to do, whether we're going to buy a single family or a two flat. No, you have to get okay. pre-approved So first the realtor comes first. first. Okay, never mind. This anyway, will never, it's like cats it's and dogs. Right. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you call your realtor <laughs> and uh, you identify. But no, I like the fact that, Nick, you took it to the next level where it's like a pyramid, right? Not like a pyramid, but building a portfolio. Okay. And so when you're talking about running a business. If you're going to run a business and to your accountant, you're going to run a business at a loss, you're not going to be able to expand your portfolio. So let's just be very, you know, cognizant of the strategy. If you're just going to hold this one property and it's going to offset your mortgage payment, then fine. But if you're looking to build an investment portfolio of one, two or three properties, and eventually once you've owned all these properties, you're going to buy your primary residence, which you can basically live for free because all these other properties are carrying it, then you want to make sure that you report all your income so that you can qualify for the next property, correct? And 
we just started off with minimal down payments because that's the way the show started. But right. this is one of the few businesses in the world where you want to start big and go down. Yep. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and that's because um, down payments are an issue um, with if you start with a single family home. And I know a lot of people have their priorities and, you know, your family's first and, and a home is more than just a piece of real estate. So if you want to live in a single family home first and that's your number one priority, I respect that. This show is not about that specifically. This show is about investment properties, um, where it would be wise for you to start with the big one, right? Or at least a, the second big one, the third three unit or the two unit at least, because if you get locked down into that house, when you go to buy your first investment property, it's a lot more money down. Twenty, so if you, twenty, a four unit is twenty five percent to get a good rate on it. Yeah. So it could be a, a really big climb for you to finally get started. Or even even if you're going to make the shift, let's say you live in a single-family house and you decide, I want to move into a multi-unit, it's, it's, so, it's a much harder loan it's for gotta you guys make to make. Sense. It's got to make a lot of sense. sense. It's got to be a really good story Better as to why you're doing that. Closer to home, uh, closer to work. work. It's got to make a lot of sense. A lot. The situation I had this morning, this is why I was late to the studio, I had to meet a client at 7.30 this morning at the office. He works hard for the money. Always. Oh, God. And what happened with these, with this particular client is they're buying an investment property. Mm-hmm. But here's the scenario, and I was sharing this with Gaspar earlier. They have a good chunk of change in the bank, which is earning them a whopping 1%. Okay. Right? So they're looking to acquire an investment property at the least amount down. The issue that we're having is the borrower doesn't want to put the required down payment. And typically when we run this loan to get you the best possible scenario rate program, you're doing 20% down to uh, 25% down. We have an option that you can buy an investment property on a multi-unit with 15% down. So I had to break down the numbers for him as to why it's most important for him to move that liquidity of asset that he has in his current bank account and dump it into the bank of the equity of the home. Mm-hmm. Because the appreciation in that neighborhood was right around 5% per year, at the very least. Actually, if he closed today, he's walking into equity, $15,000 worth of equity. So we spent that hour breaking down the importance of moving some liquid asset in his current account that only is giving him a 1% return annually and putting it into the home, this property, this multi-unit that they're going to be able to acquire and rent roll, a good rent roll, a good cap rate Mm -hmm. annually. So... That was my story this morning. That's why I was a little bit late. But most people won't get or grasp this on a conversation over the phone. Most people, you need to do a one-on-one face-to-face and break this down for them in person. And once once we did that, he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. I, and it makes a lot of sense. Go ahead, Gasman. I, I think uh, what Graco just mentioned is extremely crucial when you're talking about uh, investment portfolio, the sit-downs and the face-to-faces because um, – yeah, uh, the majority of the communication could be done through phone, text, or email. But this this is a portfolio we're talking about is people's lives and investments. It's uh, a little bit. I think it's it puts all the chips on the table, and everybody knows exactly what to expect and kind of what the plan is uh, from day one. If there is that one on one meeting with your loan officer, with your realtor, with your accountant, and sure. and uh, financial advisor, if you have one. Yeah, and I think people will have to also remember this is not a you know two week commitment where you you start today and within two weeks you have multiple properties all over the city. Oh. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. This is a long term play. Yes, and a lot of people 
um, need to understand that when they're buying investment properties, they have to view it from a long haul perspective. Where is this going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, maybe 15? Um, too many people are temperamental and you make your decisions temperamental, but then they can hurt you down the road. So uh, you, you, you can't really go into a four unit thinking you're going to buy it for six months and flip it. No. No, no, no. no. Uh, or you shouldn't. No. Uh, when, when, in my opinion, when you start shopping for any type of multi-unit property, it doesn't matter if it's two units or all the way up, however many units you'd like, um, they're long-term investments. Right. Uh, how you mentioned, minimum five years. Right. Um, and stretch them out as long as you can. Uh, for example, my parents ha- had a number of properties that they have helped me and my siblings pay for our schools for. Right. That was their their whole mission on it wasn't a retirement plan. It was let's send our kids to private schools and and I that was that. the focus. I love right. that story. And it's um it helped me out very much so when I start I kick started my life and got engaged and married and started looking for a home. It helped me out a lot because I didn't have any school debt. I didn't have any any help holdbacks that a lot of my friends did. Sure. And um I see it a lot. I see I see a lot of families using real estate as a tool for education. Um, so it really, really depends on the individual and how they really want to shape it out. But it is very, very important and crucial to work with your professional team. And how Nick mentioned, this isn't a couple weeks in no. a row. This mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, your sit down with your team might be right now and you start making the moves towards the end of the year, maybe early next year. These, these, uh, everybody that, at least that I know in in this industry, they're not here okay. for the what the one transaction. They're they're here as a career, and they're here to, you know, for the long haul. More yeah. than anything. That's a that's a lesson I learned in college. My college roommate, shout out to Anu Gupta, my um, sorority sister. So her family, her dad, basically bought one for each of his kids. So they had three children, and he said to me, "Bitta, like when I when I first came to this country from India, uh, we didn't have anything, but I knew that I was going to buy properties for my children. So every time a child graduated high school, he sold his two flats or multi unit properties so that he could put his kids to school. The daughter uh, Anu is a pharmacist, and Priyu is a dentist, and Neil is an actuary. So they each had the leisure of going to college. I'm talking about Purdue education, which was very expensive. So I remember, you know, working through college and knowing how hard it was for me to, you know, stay in college and not be able to, like, have to leave because, you know, like, it was so expensive for me to stay there. And unfortunately, I didn't have that much financial help. So I remember thinking, like, one day I'm going to own multi-unit properties and it's going to subsidize my income because this is ridiculous. Why aren't more people doing it? But I think that you have to align yourself with an expert and, and be inspired. And that's why I love this show because... Because even though you think this is something that's so hard to reach, it just happened to us and we learned it from someone else. But if you align yourself with the right expert that's going to guide you and just I know it's risky and I know it's scary. But I think in order to be a successful investor, the key to a successful investment is identifying the right tenant. And to do so, you have to have the right screening procedures in place. And if you don't want to do that, you can always hire a property manager. Right. Um, So there's a, a lot of steps to this game, but it's not something that you can't attend. Property manager. Well, you went far. Why? If you if no, I... it's it's yeah. You pyramid up. I think in the beginning, if you're a first time investor and you're buying your first four unit, you need to have like you said a good accountant. I also think you need to have a pretty good attorney. Yep. You have leases that are, are going to come up. I mean, you don't have to go spend thousands of dollars on that, but at least someone that could give you 
the right direction about you know being a landlord and what type of um, rules and regs are like Chicago's got different things going on from the suburbs um, as far as being a landlord so you know have a good attorney have a good realtor have a good uh, mortgage person as well involved Uh, and then inevitably as you get to six seven eight nine ten units across city you might want to consider a property manager because you want to have a little bit of Free time. Free time, and it's well, not it's, worth it for you to, to run around um, right. all day long without having a property manager. But if the process is overwhelming, you can always hire a realtor to rent the property for you and screen that tenant for you. And right. so Correct. typically marketing fees and, you know, they're, they're plus and minuses. You can talk to the individual realtor. But if this is something that scares you to death, because remember, that tenant's going to be there. They're your clients. Yep. You're going to have to, you know, work with them and deal with them for a year to two-year term. So you want somebody to screen it. I mean, I think that's the, the most important aspect of when you're you're being a landlord and I think that's what scares a lot of people but you can start small right you can buy a single family that has a rentable uh, attic that's you know legal or, or a lower level that that's an in-law arrangement why are you looking at me like that every show you find a way to say something that pushes the envelope I'm not pushing the envelope I'm just a rentable legal in-law arrangement but you can start little right it's what I'm saying but if you do want to go into the multi-unit aspect of it you can always hire a property manager it's not that expensive to hire a property manager. Rent out the garage attic, you know, <laughs> to a college student for 300 bucks a month. Hey, did you, you read know. that article in the Chicago Tribune about Lakeview, how they have, like, illegal units in the attic? People over. are doing it. I'm just saying. <laughs> they, are. they are. You can't. Not me. Not, it's all, it's all I got to say, not me. <laughs> nope. Listen, just start small. Like, hire a property manager if you think it's overwhelming. But, like me, right, go to these seminars at Section 8 and learn how to be a landlord or talk to your realtor. I had uh, Nikki. This is a shot out to Nikki. She was a first-time buyer. She bought a two-flat where she's currently living in one of the floors. She's renting the basement and second floor. And basically, I set her down in my office after closing and walk her through property management. You write a handbook. You, you specify the relationship with your tenant. And you also screen them because once you don't do the screening at the front end, you're going to be so distraught during you know yeah. the process, right? Keep in mind, you don't just have to buy a multi-unit. I remember my second purchase of an investment property was a condo in Oak Park. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And the cash flow was so good. I was 450 bucks was decent for me, you know, right. after paying off the mortgage the association and property taxes. So if you feel that the multi-unit would be a little overwhelming, yeah, you can go in small, like Carla says. Go with a smaller unit, a condo. It's less maintenance, right? Small yeah. and cozy, um, manageable. Yeah. I think uh, uh, one thing that a lot of consumers don't do is use the professionals even after the transaction. I think, um, you know, hiccups are going to happen regardless if yeah. it's a new construction or an older building or whatever it may be. There's always going to be hiccups. Um, use use your professionals. You know, the realtors have contractors and friends and and all types of... We got a guy. Exactly. <laughs> that, that can help you uh, fix that issue almost right away. And I'm pretty certain... Graco, you guys have that as as loan yeah. officers. I have a crew. Yeah, and if Graco does have a crew, but you're more of a you know you're a tenured investor. You flip and all the other stuff. So my um my parents had a, 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 a I remember the Serbian guy coming to our door every day, and he's always looking for another investment property. You know, and he literally only rented out single family homes. Yeah, wow. he had no multi units. He didn't want to deal with it. Just a single family home because the way he did his leases was. Here's your rent payment. You're all in. Everything's on you. I don't know how he did it, but yeah. that's the only, that's his thing, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's the secret to wealth, but that's how he liked to do it, and that made him comfortable. 
um, which goes back to I, I have a client that is doing that as we speak right now. He is on his eighth, I believe, single family home, and that's how he does it. He runs out the whole home and right. the the tenant is in charge of everything. Basic except, maintenance. It's, yeah, it's all on them. Everything except taxes and the insurance. He would typically what he would typically do then at the end is he would usually finance the sell the property to the tenant. Yeah. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. A good niche. There so, you go. That's why he did it the way he did it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. it's the easiest way for them to finance out. They yeah. have you know proof of payment. They've been paying for the last twelve months. Um, and, and I'm sure the Senate it. had to cover all those utilities. Probably it was he. It was always wrapped up as this is your yeah. house. Yeah. <laughs> you're just paying me rent. Yeah. So you, since you're not paying a mortgage. And I always advise clients, if it gets too overwhelming, duplex down, right? So do first floor basement and then second floor attic. And so you're only managing one or two families versus managing three or four, right? So it's whatever it's easier because at the end of the day, you're building a business where your clients are your tenants. So if it's more manageable for you to deal with one family and control that income versus like multiple families, it's all about, again, your risk assessment. But you have to identify what do you feel comfortable doing? And this goes back to that, you know, quote Warren Buffett it where he says, and, and a, you know, obviously this is not where you're occupying that property, but you're actually buying it for an investment. So the right type of investment is one where you don't even have to check the value every year. Because at this at this point, if it's a multi-unit property, which you're renting, your number one concern is rental income. Yep. Is it paying itself and is it building up, you know, building equity or is it also yielding some additional income for myself um, or to pay down that property? It's not to check in every year. What's it worth? It, you know, how much is it worth today? Because a lot of people are always worried about when is the right time to buy? Should I buy now? You know, again, right? You built wealth over time because it's building equity. I think it's two different mind frames or buying frames, buying mind frames, I should say, because uh, when you're purchasing um, an investment property, I don't think uh, you're you're really looking at at the markets how they're moving up and down more or less your return. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that that matters more than anything else. And I think um, single family houses, I think that's normally the clients that are a little bit more concerned about where's my value at this year and then where's it at next year. Uh, with, with the investment properties, how you mentioned, it's more or less, am I getting the runs I want? Right. Can I increase the runs? That's the number one concern. And, and that's the number one concern more than yeah. anything. Right. All, all real estate typically, typically appreciates. Yes. Uh, it's very rare you see it. Depreciate. I mean, granted, that has happened in the recent, you know, 10 years here, but um, typically it appreciates. So when you're talking about a multi-unit, that's understood it's going to appreciate. Focus on what the real goal is. And I like to think that people in a, in a perfect world pay it off one day and then they have, let's say, if it's a four-unit, five, six, seven thousand dollars in cash flow net. Because yep. you got to do the math. 20 years from now, rents will go up. So the cash flow will be higher than what you're looking at today as well. People have a tendency to look at today and say, okay, if I rent these four units, I'll get $4,000. By the time I cover my $1,500 in um, costs, assuming that it was paid off, uh, I only make $2,500. Okay, that's true, but everything will go up. Taxes will go up as well, so will operating costs. But the net will go up as well, the gross receipts. And therefore, you have this residualized. Some people have pensions. Some people have... Uh, whatever they have as far as residual income when they retire, but here's something that uh, is probably going to be higher than most pensions if you have a paid-off four-unit or a paid-off three-unit. And and you have to make that game plan long-term. Right. You're always welcome to sell it (laughs) and take the appreciation. No one's stopping you, but too many people 
the residual income. Yeah, too many people are so focused on this move it quick. Did I make a quick thirty thousand dollars? It's like, well, you know, if that's the way you're going into a multi property, you're you're going at it completely wrong. To yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I love that you say. And a lot of people will say, well, it's not recession proof, right? But at the end of the right, because we actually rents through, are apparently because when the market crashed, everybody lost their land was very in vogue. Everybody went to what the rental market, yep. and so maybe it is recession proof, but. At the end of the day, if it's covering the mortgage and you're building long-term equity, right? And I like to say that, like what you just said, real estate's an appreciating asset, but it requires time in order for it to mature. So if the market goes down, you know, it, as long as it's covering the, the rent, the, you're still getting rental mar- mar- money, then you don't have to worry about that mortgage payment and you can build it over time. Another client of mine paid off their two flat and now, you know, the money they were collecting for rents, they were using to pay down the mortgage and now they, they own it clear and free of a mortgage. How clear amazing is that? Clear and clear. Free. Is that a new one? Is that a reversal? Yeah. Yoda. <laughs> Yoda over here. Clear and free. Clear and free of a mortgage yes. payment. Why don't we tell everybody what they're listening to? They're listening to it. Carla Mee, the most amazing Mimetti realtor show. in the world. You listen to Nick Mimetti's show, also God. known as Market Overdrive. I'm here with Carla Mina. No. I missed the clear and free joke. On WGN, which stands free for... Free and clear? It's free and clear. Oh, sorry. Which sta- WGN Radio, which it's stands for With Gaspar Now. <laughs> I love that. I like with Gaspar Now. Finally, he took away That's the awesome. attention from himself to our special guest, which is <laughs> remarkable. I love what you're doing in the industry, Gaspar. Kudos to you, because I know that just because you're bored into the business, it doesn't mean that you're going to stay in the business and do it right and I feel like you and your family shout out to your dad I love him Mr. Flores what's going on Nick I can't you're like a child like I gotta bring you back in mind your business (laughs) he's like all over there you're messing up the show we're trying to do here I am so not messing up Gaspar do you think I'm messing up the show yes you are so there's a lot of information being thrown at you we can't do it all in one hour right but you can always reach us at info at marketoverdrive.com you can email us and we can give you my tenant handbook I'm always happy to share Uh, landlord uh, Chicago landlord tenant ordinance summary is that what it's called yes Chicago landlord tenant ordinance ordinance summary (laughs) English is my Clear and free, girl. Clear and free. (laughs) Clear and free. free. Clear. (laughs) I just got that. (laughs) That's like an acne cleaner. (laughs) Clear and free, right? Free and clear. It is early on AM. Free and clear, everybody. Free and clear. It's AM. Anyway, uh, but yes, reach out to us. And then, Gaspar, you can, uh, where can we find you? I'm sorry. Um, You could find me on Facebook or on my company's website, SuFamiliaRE.com. SuFamilia. Love it. Say that. Yes, yes. SuFamilia. <laughs> did I get all Spanish for you? No, I just wanted you to mess it up like I did. Clear and free, free and clear. You guys know what I mean. I'm inspiring people to get we off do. the sidelines hey, and just invest. Everybody that watched Star Wars knows what Yoda means too. <laughs> they still love Yoda. Yoda, and you know what? You and Yoda are probably the same height, which makes it great. <laughs> if we painted you I'm green, five seven. if we painted you green, you'd be the perfect little Jedi. <laughs> Speaking of Jedi, like seriously, or not Jedi? <laughs> Speaking of Jedi, I have a Jedi client. I can't do it today. I can't focus. (laughs) Listen, can we go across the room and talk about like our landlord nightmare stories? Because it's imperative for you to scare everybody away from buying investment property. No, but it's the real deal. Like you know, like for example, like I could start. I could start. Um, Of course. So my tenants flooded the basement with water because they refused to pay their utilities. Um, They called FEMA and they got money for FEMA to help pay for the 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 damages. But of course, I was negative rental income and I was negative the FEMA money 
um, and they moved out eventually after I had to get a restraining order against them because they wouldn't give me the keys to the property. It was a crazy mess. So here I am going to court, like Nick says, I'm 5'7", five, 5'0", five, really, and I'm knocking on these people's doors saying, like, I need these guys out because they're not paying me rent. I'm 21 years old, and again, the judge is looking at me like, who are you? And there's these, you know, th- this family that's looking at me like, she's mean, she's always calling about rent, she's not fixing anything, and I'm like, fixing what? You guys damaged my basement. So... I survived it, and I'm still pro, you know, rental income because I love it. I mean, it's the only way to subsidize, you know, additional income and build long-term wealth. And that's just my thing. And I feel like I think more people should do it. It shouldn't be a secret. You have a nightmare story, Gaspar? Um, no. Well, come on, man. You got a story. <laughs> I, I, I think they're all uh, re- really similar. It always has to do with uh, tenants not paying. Um, I think uh, in the past years, I think it was a little bit more common with the economy uh, shifting the way it did. Um, but we've, we have we have a lot of long-term tenants, thankfully, in our properties. Um, it, it's it's uh, They're part of the family almost. Type yeah. Of deal. Um, and... I think um, wh- one of the big things that my parents have taught me to do is you don't overcharge for the runs. I know that right now, especially with the runs being extremely expensive. Everybody Chicago, wants to increase it. Everybody wants to increase them. Um, Agreed. So if the average run is like $1,000, maybe ours is like 800 Oh, we're um, all moving to oh, your places. Wait, where, are you, wait, where, are you, where are you at? Just, just kind of giving, keeping numbers easy. Right. Um, and that way the, the tenants aren't He's renting per it. room, though, Nick. That's what he's missing. <laughs> it's he renting per room. That was in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the asterisks. Addicts uh, in the, the garage. There. <laughs> Leave the door open, please. Don't want any casualties. <laughs> no, but that's like, that's the key. I think a lot of people just want to get overzealous and rent high. Yeah. But if you have a good tenant who's paying rent, on time and it's going to be loyal and you don't have to you and know you're clearing and more importantly yeah you're clearing what, what just the, keep the mortgage the stable you need to be. yeah and you establish long-term tenants uh we've been lucky enough that a lot of our tenants get us other tenants whenever we end up getting oh that's gone. really good so that helps out a lot do your tenants get you other tenants nick because it they helps fly <laughs> as soon as they can they're like nope we're not renewing this list no nick's not fixing My, I, I, the I, you know i i think that and this is about people that are looking to get into investing. Uh, I think the the horror story for me was just not realizing how the legal system could be so long in, in favor oh, yeah. of the tenant. Yeah. It was my first property. <laughs> and I was really, you know, when I had that extra $800, I made a little bit of money to pay a car. When I lost that $800, I was upside down and I was paying out of my pocket to support the mortgage and the, right. the expenses. Um, I had no idea that it was a... With me being on top of it, a five-month process oh, yeah. to get the tenant out. And that one went And quick. you feel cheated. You feel that um, you uh, didn't deserve it. And, you know, and I, I think the screening process is very, very important. Yep. Um, oh, you agree with me. <laughs> it's very important. You got to make sure who, you, who, you rent, who are you renting to? Can yeah. they afford the payment? I mean, you know, in the, in the recent years, I've seen the screening process for rent, renting be as vigorous as that of buying a house. Underwriting, right. right. you got to look at it, the debt-to-income ratios. Yeah, gotta, in I, the old days, they kind of just, you know, yeah, here's your security deposit. Okay, go ahead and take it. Where do you work again? Oh, I work at uh, the post office. Okay, you're in. Now they're all asking to see income docs. They're asking to see asset information. I mean, yep. they're pulling credit reports. 
it's different. It's a it's a huge analysis, and you have to take that time. So I don't want to discourage that. I used to call previous landlords and ask, you know, would you rent to this person again? And why is that person moving out? Were yeah. you know, were they? Were you always getting sick? You know, complaints. And then you have to kind of read through it because if they don't want to lose that tenant, you know. Um, but it's very important that you do do your background checks and you do your due diligence. Um, and of course, you can email us for this information. We'll be more than happy to give it to you. But um, I want to encourage everybody to do so if they can. I know it's overwhelming. And I know a lot of people want to start with the single family, which whatever, if you want to start with single family, fine. But again, this is one of the opportunities where you can build wealth over time. Correct. Did I lose you? What are you doing? I'm right here reading. Um, and just go, to go back to that initial like example, right? When I was talking about twelve fifty a month, um, if you're looking at twenty five hundred dollars a month, and my rent and my mortgage at that time was eleven hundred. I mean, it's a no brainer to subsidize your income. Like Nick says, buy a new car and have that offset the car payment. I'd say no to that. But you know, with that money, you can pay down your mortgage, or you can save for a down payment to your next property. Because when it comes to mortgages, uh, the initial one can be owner occupant, and then the second one, you need a twenty percent down payment. For a multi unit? You can do 15%. You can do 15%. So, again, there's a lot of strategies so that you can start your uh, portfolio. You can start with a single, fa- oh, I'm sorry, like a two, a small two flat and live in one unit, subsidize the others, and then build you know, money so that you can get down payments for the next investment and so forth and so on. Correct? Yep. All right, words of wisdom. It's uh, almost time to go. We're at 40 minute mark. How do I? Never mind. Gaspar Flores, what are your words of wisdom for our for our listeners today? Use your professional team. Use that accountants, realtors, loan officers, attorneys, uh, tax any type of tax professional or uh, or a financial advisor. Use them. Uh, They're they're your tools to get you where you need to be. Love it. Stay inspired. And for this market of flipping, flip some properties, save some money, buy some two flats. And of course, live in your property for free because it's being covered by your investment property. Nick? I'm with him. Gaspar, I got some good info on that one. I mean, here's the reality. We always say, you know, you use your her. team and use your team. And it's so important when you're buying a house. And, you know, it, it can't be any more important than it is when you're doing a multi-unit. Yeah. Because the plan is you're going to do more of these. And if your team is a new team, every time you do another property, I understand. You might switch team if you had a horror story. Yep. Your attorney totally screwed up, didn't do these leases correct. Your accountant totally gave you the wrong advice and your, your loan officer didn't think the plans but out. But you learn. You know, I get it. You're going to have to switch your team. But if you have a decent team, stick with it and um, have everybody working for the long-term goal. Everyone loves to get a client, myself as a loan officer, you as a realtor, knowing that they have a long-term plan of five oh, or six yeah. properties over the next 10 years. Who doesn't want that client? Exactly. That's a great client. But, you know, stick with the team and, and make sure you stay consistent because, you know, having to learn different things from different people over and over again that might be bad advice at times is, probably, is pretty dangerous in this world. Yeah. Graco, what are your thoughts? I would say feel comfortable with the property that you're going to acquire, whether it's a multi-unit or a single-family house or a condo. Feel comfortable with that property that you can maintain because it, it could be a little overwhelming in the long haul. Uh, but if you're comfortable, in, in my instances when I bought my properties, I always felt comfortable with acquiring the two-flat first. It paid for itself. It generated a good income. And then I scaled it down, and I bought an investment condo in Oak Park. And it was small to manage. It was easy to manage. So my take would be find a property that you feel comfortable, that you'll be able to handle and maintain, and reap the benefit of 
Being Thank you, money. Love it. Well, I hope you were inspired today. We've inspired you this morning. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and, you know, inspire your neighbor and friend by sharing this uh, video with them. Uh, lots of information. Of course, again and again, you can reach us at info at marketoverdrive.com. We'll see you next Wednesday where we're going to be talking about how to choose a realtor. Yay. Oh, God. I love nice. those topics. Oh. Back Tell to mama. No, nope, you're not <laughs> off. Actually, that's, oh, no, you are off. Javier Garcia will be with us next Wednesday. Thank hey. God. Have a great, amazing week selling properties, you guys, and buying. Uh, Go to our YouTube channel. Go to our podcast. Subscribe. Do something. Facebook. (laughs) Love it. Reaction stream. Reaction stream. Well, that's coming soon. Okay. Coming soon. Coming soon. Gaspar, thank you you so much for coming. Thanks for coming on, Gaspar. Love you. Appreciate having you. you. Su familia. We will see you all next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Be here or be square.